Another episode of One Step Forward and Two Steps Back for Kevin Keats and the Wolfpack. A tough loss to the Hokies on Saturday leaves us wondering, where do we go from here? You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? It's time to get locked in with Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Wolfpack your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Happy Monday to all. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. Kevin Keats and the Wolfpack suffered a tough loss to the Virginia Tech Hokies on Saturday by a score of 84-78. to It was very much a game of one step forward and two steps back. You saw several moments of the Wolfpack beginning to take that momentum before they fumbled it. I mean, literally back into the hands of the Hokies, and it was that way the whole day until ultimately they did themselves in with just one too many turnovers. There were lots of things that confused me in this game. We talk about the depth of this team all the time. A lot of the depth pieces or bench pieces didn't have the opportunity to show up. Right. We saw we saw turnovers at a rate that I don't think we've seen pretty much all year this year, and – we saw foul trouble that then forced guys to play passive defense, which is confusing to me because if you have a guard who's an amazing defender in foul trouble, why not put one of the other guards in who can, who has the full uh, capability and tool set out there to guard. But there were many questionable things. Virginia Tech got hot down the stretch. We didn't make plays in winning time. And here we are allowing Virginia Tech, who, by the way, before they came to Raleigh, had not won a single road ACC game. Get one up off of us. It's definitely a bad loss in the sense where you're favored coming into this game. You turn Virginia Tech over 20 times. Whoever you play, if you're turning them over 20 times in a game, you should virtually never lose a game like that. The problem is NC State had 18 of their own turnovers. And for a team that really tries to hang their hat on winning the turnover battle. So frustrating to generate so many steals. You had a lot of early fast break buckets because you kept picking their pockets and then going down the floor and depositing it. But you were taking it, but then you were giving it right back. It's such a high clip that you weren't able to take advantage of what they were giving you. And sort of like what we were talking about coming into this type of game, if you give Sean Padula and Hunter Couture enough time they're going to kill you. For about, I'd say like 80% of this game, I thought Jaden Taylor did an excellent job of defending Padula. Padula is their main guy. He's going to get the best looks. He's going to create for others. The moment you slack off of him, he's going to drill you for about three or four threes. It wasn't all him because you saw Couture had some of those as well, but that's essentially what happened. We got lazy 
late in that game. And that's when you saw their guards start to slash. They start to beat the bigs down in the lane, dump it off to a guy like Lynn Kidd. It just became too much water to try and get back out of the boat until we sunk there at the end. So it's a super frustrating loss in a sense that this type of game won't necessarily kill you in the end. I believe this is a quad two loss if you follow that. But this is a game you have to have. If you're NC State, you have to have this game. It's a home game against a team, like you mentioned, that has not been winning on the road. You have got to find a way to win this game. And they didn't. So that's that's a tough one to swallow. And another tough night from deep. I mean, 31% as opposed to Virginia Tech's 47. Like, at the end of the day, we lose this game by six points. They hit nine threes, we hit six. When it came down to winning time, they knocked down the shots that they needed to, and we did not. We did not. And and at this point, with all due respect to, you know, Coach Keats and, and this team and all that, I know shoot-around is a thing, but do they, like, have a practice where you just are like, hey, everybody, get up 300 shots. Get up. I, I need somebody to start hitting something for us to do we, we can talk about the turnovers, which were bad. But at some point in time, the game is simple. Can you put the ball in the hoop or no? And too often we're finding ourselves saying no from deep. You know, me and you talk all the time about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we do that because we don't want to be excited about anything in a win that we know will lead to losses later. When we beat Wake Forest without making a three, Grace and I both expressed great concern about that for a reason. Because at some point in time, we've talked about, hey, either the law of averages has to take over and this team has to shoot better at some point in time, or maybe we're this bad of a shooter. At it, some point in time, it has something has to click from deep. It was an improvement in this game from deep in the sense that we hit more than zero, but some of the inconsistencies in the first half were very much still there. I think we started out like oh for our first six or seven before we finally buried one. I believe it was Casey Morcell. And this is something we've talked about specifically for Casey Morcell as well. you got to find a way to get him going because he, he is supposed to be one of your shooters. Him and DJ Horn, if you can facilitate enough looks, they are good enough, the two of them, volume shooters, that once you get them going, they will knock down the shots. But... It's, I mean, DJ Horn's not in a funk because he still hit, you know, 50% of his, but Casey Morcell has been in a funk. It was good to see him bury two in this game, but outside of those two, still looking for consistency from virtually anywhere else. Jaden Taylor's not an outside shooter, and some of the outside shots that he has been taking are brutal, not just in a sense of missing the shot, but when he's missing these shots. It's crucial moments in a game where you don't necessarily need a three and you're coming down the floor, you have plenty of time on the shot clock, and you're hoisting a brick that kills little bits of momentum, like I talked about earlier, that you could grab. You're just throwing away not only points itself, but you're throwing away opportunities to continue to run offense to the bucket. And I thought this was another game where you should have utilized more guys in the paint, like Middlebrooks, although he struggled a little bit. Diara, DJ Burns was somewhat involved, not crazy involved. I thought Virginia Tech had a good game plan for DJ Burns. It really kept him uh, pretty much out of it for the majority of the game. So, I mean, credit where credit is due. There's just no real consistency outside of one to two guys, and it continues to be an issue in this team, especially when you have so much depth. Not saying that, you know, Breon Pass is going to come off the bench and give you 15 or 
LJ Thomas, but it's like when the guys that are getting all of the minutes are just, you, you can't get enough consistency. You got to create something to spark them. And maybe that is some nights it has been Michael O'Connell. Some nights it has been been Middlebrooks, but you can't more consistent efforts across the board. And when you're not getting that time after time after time, you're going to struggle in games like this where you have to have it. It doesn't all come together. A quad two game at home, you got to have these. At the end of the year, this is the type of game that might keep you in bubble land. And that's, we we want no part of bubble land. Get in comfortably. We're tired of this bubble talk. Not trying to do it again this year. Although, not doing ourselves any favors by dropping this one. Probably a broken record at this point. You know what's funny? Somebody asked, uh, or somebody said rather, NC State needs to have some shooting coming in this next class. And boy, do I have news for you. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I very strongly agree. And, and you know, there for all the things that we did get this offseason, you know, we did kind of comment on the fact that, like, we need it. We need some uh, primo shooters. And, and guys, the worst part is guys had statistically been better at their previous stops before us. So, you know, it's it's a little bit mind-boggling. Uh, you know, there are a lot of different things to look at in this game. I think the biggest of which is just knock down those shots, please. Somebody do something from deep. Just, you know. Up next, we're going to give big picture takeaways from this game because this was the type of game I think you can draw some outlines for the rest of the season with after a quick word from our sponsors. Sponsor of the day is FanDuel. We're now looking at the NFC and AFC championship games this coming weekend but another crazy week of college basketball is on the way. There's still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays, finding bets within the new Explore tab, and making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find your popular parlays. Get on over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Middle portion of our Monday show, wanted to get into some big picture takeaway. NC State is now 13-5. and five. They're 5-2 five and two in the ACC. And if you look at the standings, wouldn't you know it, we're actually still tied for second place as we got some help from the other ACC teams in our section of the standings, they all picked up a loss, although Wake Forest moved back up into a tie with us into second place. So like I was kind of talking about, this type of loss doesn't derail your season. You're still right in the mix for a top four seed in the ACC tournament. But that would have been a big time game to have. You would have had sole possession of second place and staying just one game behind UNC with the top spot. This week... NC State actually does have two quad one opportunities. And there's been a lot of discourse around the both the lack of opportunities in quad one and both taking advantage of those opportunities and picking up wins. Well, here's two chances to put some green marks on your resume. You got Virginia on the road Wednesday night, and then you travel up to Syracuse uh, on Saturday. Now, Syracuse is very close to that quad one, quad two line. So we're going to have to see what they do this week. But as it stands right now, NC State has two quad one opportunities this week. You talk about trying to avoid the bubble. You talk about trying to stay in the mix, the top of the ACC. Rubber to the road. 
this week. A lot of problems can be solved by winning a basketball game. You have some shooting inconsistencies. You have some player at time inconsistencies. Some of this needs to be immediately addressed as soon as this week. This is a big week for Kevin Keats and the Wolfpack. This is the week where we can go from we're so over to we're so back. That's that's as simply as I can put this thing. We can go from, you know, hey, we we look like we're out of this thing. It looks like this team is unmotivated, out of sync, out of whack. We can't do the the things that we need to do in order to get wins to, hey, this team is very much so a contender, very much so um, in that top four seed hunt, very much so potentially a team that is going to make the tournament. You know, that the reality is we keep talking about depth, 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 depth. Okay, great. When are we going to use it properly? When are we going to say, all right, this guy has three fouls? Great. You either need to defend like your life is dependent on you stopping them from getting to the rim, or we can put somebody in who can do those things. Okay, this guy has three fouls. You either need to rebound, crash the glass, do the things that we need you to do, whatever the case may be. I just I, I look at this situation and I very simply say to myself, you have to, like you said, rubber meets road. Productivity, period. We're in year seven. There are no more moral victories. None. None to be found. Get us to the tournament, win us a game or two, or else. That's that's the way I see it at this point. I think there's there's two little stretches in the rest of our season that will ultimately determine probably what the end of this year looks like for the NC State. One of them is this week, like I said, at Virginia Wednesday, at Syracuse on Saturday. If you want to make the tournament, you got to find a way to pull off at least one, probably two of those, if we're being completely honest. You want to pad your resume as much as you possibly can at this point. We have a glaring deficiency of quad one wins. We're 0-4. and 3-1 quad two, it's okay. Would have loved to have that Virginia Tech game. Got to keep moving forward here. The opportunities like this week are few and far between after that. I think the next one is probably like the, the middle of February when you go on the road at Wake and then at Clemson. You have two windows of basically two weeks that are more than likely going to make or break this season. One of them is this week. This leads me into my next point in that this team seems to be lacking a killer instinct, which is frustrating as well. I saw this on Saturday. It's not limited to just the Saturday game. We reach a point where it's getting a little frantic, and the guys seem to be looking to the next one saying, okay, maybe you're going to take control of this game from here. Maybe you're going to make this shot. Maybe you're going to make this next pass. And we don't really have anyone that's stepping up saying, I'm going to be the guy. Maybe having that much depth is kind of a a factor in that, but we don't have anyone that's really stepping up and being a true leader, I guess. And that's, that's, that's maybe the most glaring difference I see from last year to this year is you don't have like a Jarkel Joyner type where he right. steps up and takes the reins for a couple minutes when, you know, maybe baby T's down or uh, DJ Burns is down. There's Absolutely. no killer. There's no killer on this team. And I think that is a big time thing that needs to be addressed as soon as you possibly can. So maybe that'll be DJ Horn. I think he's probably your leading candidate for that, but he's got to take on a lot more responsibility in doing so. Maybe it's Casey Morsell. He he put in 19 against Virginia Tech. You know, maybe he's starting to slowly return to form, but as a senior leader, maybe you got to look at a guy like Casey Morsell and say, look, brother, this is your time now. We need you to step up for this basketball team, and it's got to start this week. You just need somebody to continue to light a fire under this team because 
This is the most crucial stretch of the season now from here on out. Not only that, I need to see these guys play with some fire and some passion. Don't get me wrong. I love the activity and the energy that we play with early in a lot of these ball games. What I mean is I need to see that palpable passion. I need to see that, that hey, this means everything to me type of mentality uh, from this team in terms of from start to finish. You know, you talk about you don't have a killer. I rarely ever see guys talking to each other and saying, hey, this is it's now or never. This is all we got. Because, I mean, I understand that a basketball season is a lot longer than a football season. I get it in terms of, like, the amount of games that you play, rather not longer, but you just play more games. But each of these games matters. Each of these games means something. Each of these games are important from here on out. So if you want to play around, you're going to mess around and find out. If we want to be on a bubble, we know how selection committees, bubbles and all that generally work out for NC State. Have we not seen this story play out? Tell as old as time again and again and again. Don't leave it in nobody else's hands if you are wearing the red and white of NC State because they will snatch it from you with the quickness. Go out there and win the games you're supposed to win and get a few that you aren't supposed to win as well. The way the resume is stacked up and then the way the the quadrant opportunities are stacking up the rest of the way, it's almost like every single game is do or die. And we've talked about a must win versus a can't lose, but you're reaching this territory where every single win for NC State is something you have to have. When you have that 0-4 in the quad one territory, you got to find a way to go up to Virginia and win that game. You got to find a way to go up to Syracuse and win that game, or maybe go on the road and pick off a team like a Clemson uh, at some point down the road. You basically just hit on it, Kenton. You got to pick off somebody that maybe you're not expected to, and you also got to come back and you got to consistently defend home court. You can't lose a game to like a Virginia Tech and expect to be above the bubble when the time comes. You got to pocket all of these games that you should win. Turn the ball over 18 times. I don't care who you play. More than likely, you're not going to come out with that one. And so that's a game that they should have won, a game that they needed to have. And by dropping that, the urgency rises on all the other games you have moving forward. So it's it's got to get done. If they're going to if they're gonna get to the dance, the urgency's got to come up along with the killer instinct. Yeah, yeah. That, both of those things are going to be vital for this team. And again, regardless of how we cut it, how we slice it, Make the damn shots, period. It doesn't matter how great of a look Keats draws up. It doesn't matter who's doubling DJ Burns. It doesn't matter who's doing what. We need some floor spacing. And if we can't find that, these boys are going to be at home and Kevin Keats is going to be on Indeed. Up next, we're going to be talking about the women's bounce back win against Duke after a quick word from our sponsors. Switching over to a bounce-back win, the women's basketball team pulled off an impressive win against Duke on Sunday afternoon. Obviously now been named the Isaiah James game. She went for a career-high 33, 12-20 shooting, 3-6 of six from deep, 6-7 of seven at the foul line. This is the exact type of performance you wanted to see from Isaiah James after she struggled mightily down in Miami. Great to see her bounce back in this game especially. And that type of effort really bleeds out into the rest of the team as well. I thought Mimi Collins played a very solid game. Double-double, actually, for Mimi Collins. This was a stand-on-business type win for Wes Moore and the ladies here. You had a horror showing down in Miami. You come back home in the old barn. You're playing a crosstown rival in Duke who you struggled with last year, and you got some get-back. This is, this is a game that can rebuild some of that momentum that they did have built up. They got back on the horse exactly when they needed to, 
and it was a fantastic game all the way around. Exactly. And and I've talked about this team showing up in a multitude of ways and winning in a multitude of ways. I talked about all year how it was balanced, 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 and all these players in double digits and whatnot. And in this game, it was just Isaiah James going nuclear with Mimi Collins tagging along with her. And that was more than enough to get us over the hump. That was more than enough to get what needed to be done, done. But the most important thing, remember what I said was the detriment that caused NC State to lose against Miami, the slow start. How did they start this one? 23 to 13 in the first quarter. And then went into halftime up 38 to 23. That's going to do, that's going to get it done. That'll play, as they say. This team, start to finish, domination. Another thing to point out was the return of River Baldwin. Of course, she's been out for some weeks now. After a bit of an ankle injury. You could tell she wasn't quite back up to 100% speed, but just having her back in the lineup, you could tell a difference in the paint. The team's a lot stronger when you have a River Baldwin on the floor and not having to worry so much about getting beat down low. So limited minutes from River in this one, but having her back is a great sign for the rest of the season. Continuing just to ease her back to full health will be very key for this team. And then, of course, my last point here, Sanaya Rivers. And she always has some of the most obscure stat lines, but it was another impressive one on Sunday. She had nine points, six boards, five assists, and I believe she had something crazy like seven steals in this game. She can get it done however you need her to get it done. The stat line might not always look crazy, but a lot of times it's spread out because of how versatile a threat that she is. So possibly injecting River Baldwin back into the lineup here, you might just get them back up to that top three, top four style of play. And another crucial part of the season for an NC State basketball team. Absolutely. And by the way, I want people to remember this team was picked to finish eighth in the ACC. Eighth. That's aging pretty well. Oh, boy, it's aging like an open avocado. (laughs) That'll do it for us here on Monday. As always, be sure to hit that like button. Drop your comments in the comment box. Tell us what you think about the disappointing loss from the men's side on Saturday. And tell us what you think about the bounce back win for the women's against Duke on Sunday. As always, hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend to tell a friend to hit that subscribe button. And we will see you all tomorrow. Until then, go Pack. Go Pack.